delightful little ragamuffins. I'm John Miller, and welcome back to Everybody Trades. And thank you once again for your patience in this particular space, because, well, quite honestly, a lot of my teases lately about how many episodes I'll have have just been a, a trail of tears and broken promises. But you know what? We got some we got some good news to report on today's show because quite honestly if if you are a, a smaller time trader, maybe somebody who's never gotten into trading because you don't feel like you have enough money, frankly based on my own advice, well, I have some good news for you today. There's been a really kind of massive underreported story in my opinion in the financial world. And that's caused me to have to modify my thinking and a a bit of a rule of thumb I've had for for many years now, for well over a decade. And that's that if you're going to start playing around in the stock market, if you're going to own a stock, then you need to have at least probably five, ten thousand dollars at the very least of money. And by the way, that's uh, that's after you've paid off all your credit cards and all that good stuff. You got five, ten thousand dollars of mad money, as it were. Well, that was always my thinking. And a big part of that is because, well, if you think about it, I'm certainly not going to tell anybody to put all five thousand dollars, for instance, into one stock. So let's say you had five stocks to try to get some modicum of diversity in your positions. Well, that means you're talking a thousand dollars per position. And of course, In order to buy a stock, and ultimately, in order to get a profit on it, or a loss, you have to sell it too. So that means there's two commissions there involved, at the very least. Now that's if you buy all at once, and I'm not a big fan of buying a position all at once either. So what's the problem there? Obviously, again, on a $1,000 lot, well, you're already basically saying, I'm giving up 2% there with your commissions. That's a tough t- that's a tough hit to take. It really is, especially if you're looking to maybe only make 10% or so on a stock. Well, if you're giving up 2%, that's really hurting your risk reward parameter. Now, obviously the more money you have in that scenario, the less that matters. If you're buying $100,000 worth of stock, well that $10 commission doesn't really matter. But here's the good news. Again, this is the biggest underreported story in finance. Now almost every single institution now offers zero commission trades. And you got to thank Robinhood, I got to imagine. They were the first ones, a smaller, you know, app-based trading platform that allowed virtually commission-free. I I assume there's some small, you know, inconsequential, we're talking maybe a 20 cents per trade kind of fees that maybe go into it. But this has caused the rest of the industry, including Bank of America, TD Ameritrade, Ally Bank, I mean, Charles Schwab, I'm pretty sure all the big boys now, your big discount brokers, they're all, they've all raced to the bottom and it's zero commission trading now. So guess what? That means if you have $100, $200 sitting around that maybe you want to throw into Tesla or something, you know what? I actually bless that now because here's the deal. You should if you have, you know, a, a fairly small amount of money like maybe just a couple hundred bucks or something, you want to try your hand at a stock or two. Well, now 
you're playing on basically the same level as somebody with much more money, with $10,000 or a hundred or, or millions and millions, whatever it might be. Now the commissions don't really affect you either. And plus, with things now, platforms like Robinhood, they offer the ability to, to buy fractional shares. So if Amazon for $3,000 a share, if you don't have $3,000, well, then buy a tenth of a share then. It's still all about percentages gained. So again, I would treat it like I've treated gambling on basketball and football and baseball for the last 10 years, which is to say I do it for the fun of it, and I bet you know maybe $10, $20 a game tops. So ultimately, whether I win or lose, it doesn't really matter. It's just more of a, a mental exercise, something to, to keep my mind sharp, and just another way to look at risk-reward, which is really all that investing and trading really gets down to. So again, just to be clear, this isn't me giving my permission to you, the listener, to just spend hog wild and buy wild out of the option, out of the money options contracts or anything crazy like that. So again, if it's $100 that you have and you're comfortable losing it all, not that you will, but I'm just saying that's the way you should look at it. If it's if it's an amount of money that you're not going to miss in 10, 20 years, then by all means, play around because getting real experience with real money, actually trading real investments, and actually getting actual consequences of your decision-making, well, that's how you learn. And the good news is now you have the ability to take some hard lessons and some real lessons that really aren't that consequential with a with an inconsequential amount of money. Frankly, when I started this 15 years ago, that wasn't really possible. And something that, that hurt me as a young investor without a lot of money, I was behind the eight ball starting off. So fortunately, if you're a youngster, you're listening to this, you want to maybe dip your toe in, go ahead and experiment. You have my permission. And frankly, I'm, I'm now happy that when I have friends, acquaintances, all that good stuff, family members, especially the younger ones who maybe are interested in the market and do want to get into it, I kind of hate to tell them that, well, you got to have a few thousand dollars saved up first because that's not always the easiest thing in the world, right? But at the time, I felt like I had to tell those people the truth. I had to give them the God's honest, even if it wasn't something that they wanted to hear. Because that's called being an adult, right? That's called living in reality on reality's terms. But one thing that really genuinely is bothering me a lot these days, especially when it comes to, oh gosh, the phrase, you know, the phrase the deep state is a little bit overused. So let's just say, I don't know, the permanent sort of culture of Washington, the broader media and political culture of the federal government. Basically, and I'll include the voters on this, many of the voters who are outside of D.C. have this attitude as well. And it's for whatever reason, when it comes to policy, when it comes to broader government policy, absolutely no one wants to be an adult any, anymore. No one is capable of making hard decisions. We're all being treated essentially like infants, like children, except, except we're really, really awful parents because when 
when your child is behaving badly, when your child maybe, I don't know, wants to eat an ice cream sundae for breakfast, well, it's it's on you as the parent to tell them no, to tell them no, you don't get an ice cream sundae for breakfast for all of the various nutritional and discipline-related reasons that are quite obvious there. But unfortunately, when it comes to government policy and spending, nobody ever wants to make a hard decision. Now, we can sit here and, and talk about you know, how serious COVID is, lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll tell you this, all the people who are the most fervent about locking things down, their biggest thing is, well, if we're going to lock everybody down, we then basically need to send them a check every month, too. Well, my question is, if no one is working or if far, 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 far fewer people are working, then where does all that money come from? Of course, the reality is it's printed, it's borrowed, it's taxed, it's essentially borrowed from the future. So again, if coronavirus is so serious, then why are there no sacrifices? Why are there no real spending sacrifices that are even proposed? That's not even a thought. There's never a thought of, gee, maybe we should pause the, I don't know, this government program or that government program that is in that is wildly inefficient, like say the F-35 program, or maybe just, you know, subsidies to various different things that maybe are important, you could argue, but at the same time, again, we have to make hard choices. If we're in a global pandemic, if we're in a, a period where everyone has to make sacrifices, well, why is it that only it seems that people who own a business, who own a restaurant, well, they have to sacrifice constantly. And we as the little man, we have to sacrifice constantly. We, we, can't, we can't take our, our children to their usual schools. We have to disrupt our entire routine, our entire child care routine. All, all these different disruptions, cancellations of, of, people's, of people's sports seasons, just all this stuff, well, again, where is the sacrifice on a very basic fundamental level of the federal government? There is not even a thought of a spending cut in any aspect of our entire government. Why is that? Well, quite simply, again, you might treat your children differently if your three kids could vote you out of the house then maybe you would let them eat ice cream for breakfast. Think about that for a little while. Because until that dynamic changes, I don't think we're going to have any adults in quote-unquote charge in Washington. Frankly, you all know how I think. You all know we need, I think we need far less government. Far, 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 far less government. Well, if these people are truly our betters and we truly need them, well, don't at some point, don't they need to be our parents? If we're the infants, please be the parents and make a difficult adult decision for once in your political career. I'm begging you. And with all that being said, hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. I certainly did. And you know what? I appreciate all of you in this audience and thank you all for joining me. As always, I definitely appreciate it far more than you know. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Everybody Trades. Everybody Trades.